total truth. No, 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 no. See the way society is built today, like a trap. It's built in a way that keeps you in the dark. Cause if your light shines through, you might figure out who and what you are. A magnificent being. Don't be scared of that. Do not be scared. That's why I'm here to help you remember. Great morning, great evening, great afternoon, depending on where you're at in this beautiful planet, this amazing universe. Welcome to Brown and Spiritual AF. You know, guys, thank you very much for rocking with us. You know what I mean? This is probably like our 11th or 12th episode, and it's been so amazing. So today, me and Isela are going to talk about, I don't know, what was it again, Miss Isela? We're going to talk about the process of change, not just the actual act of change, but once you start to like, I think, unravel this understanding of your spiritual growth and development, it's like, what do you do with it once you know? So, you know, you take a couple classes about meditation or you take a couple, uh, you go to a workshop about mindfulness and learning how to be more present. And, and you go, you know, that sounds like a really good idea. <laughs> but what do you do with that information? You find out that the reason why you are self-sabotaging has to do with something that occurred in your childhood. And you recognize that, you know, those things continue to show up in your life and you see it when it's happening. But what are you going to do about it? So knowing something, whether it be very personal about your own healing process or about your spiritual development, isn't enough. It's that next phase of what are you going to do with what you've learned. So what do you think about that, Mark? Whoa, what do I think about that, right? It just reminds me of like getting a textbook, right? For school, right? You're getting into a new grade, right? You have a new math book. You're kind of excited. Okay, not everybody is excited about doing that, <laughs> right? But I remember <laughs> like at the end of the summer, I'd be excited to go back to school, right? Because I want to learn some new shit, right? And math was really simple for me. I, I enjoyed it, right? Um, but it's getting that book, right? But looking at this new math, right? And I'm, and I'm reading and I'm getting through this, but it's like, wait a minute, how do I apply this? Like, how do I take this application and actually utilize it and, 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 and apply it to whatever it is I'm trying to create or whatever the problem is, right? So it's like, even though you read something in a book, right, and you have the knowledge, what do you do with it, right? Yeah. Basically, in a nutshell, it's like, how do you take this, right, and then go apply it in real time, right? Not just think about it, right? Not just say you're going to do something. Like, it's like getting the book, right? Now you got the book, but it just sits on your damn shelf or in a cupboard, right? You go to the store and you buy a book, you take it home and you keep it in the bag and you just throw it in the drawer, right? right. And you just think those words are going to magically pop into your head, right? Well, it's like learning a new skill, right? It's like reading about a new skill, but then you don't go and practice that skill. You just think it's automatically going to sharpen itself, right? A dull knife doesn't sharpen itself, does it? No, that'd be pretty fucking cool. Maybe I should invent one of those shelf, <laughs> shelf sharpening knife, right? You got like self-cleaning dryers and right. <laughs> <laughs> dishwashers, right? Cats clean themselves, right? <laughs> like, why not? So is that basically in, an, in a, on a simpler level what we're yeah. talking about? Yeah, I think that part of my journey started with self-help. So I was really... I knew that I didn't want to live the way that my mom had lived or the experience of life that I was having when I lived with her as a child. 
I knew that there was hope to be different and there was the possibility to change my life. And and I have to tell you, um, and I don't know if I've shared this story on here, but uh, Oprah Winfrey was the one who, for the first time ever, I heard that I could have a different experience of, of, of life. I was about 13 years old and she had, she just started her show, um, and it was being broadcast across the country uh, because originally she was just in Chicago. Specifically, she had her own talk show. So I remember when she came out and first off, we had never seen a black woman, but a black heavyset woman on TV with so much. Um, I just saw as, as being such a powerful woman um, who said what she thought, said what she felt. And, and that in a way that wasn't disrespectful, like in my, in my world, I saw a lot of very strong women in my family, um, but they were kind of crude and didn't really care how you felt about what was said to you. And um, I think I know I've shared this about my Nana. My Nana would be like, Ay, mija, que fea te pusiste. you know, how ugly you got when I started to cut my hair. And, um, you know, it's just my family was just like up in your face like that. And so to see somebody like her who could say something in a way that I felt was really eloquent and yet powerful was I was awestruck by her and I remember she started talking about things that no one really talked about at the time uh, you know this was 30 years ago so I mean, it was a long time ago more than that 35 40 years ago and so um I remember she did an ep episode about sexual abuse and she was talking about she had she had shared, which was another aha moment for me. She had shared that um, she had been sexually abused as a child. And people don't talk about that shit in families. That's that's a secret. Like you don't talk about that kind of stuff. And um, now I didn't have and I don't remember being sexually abused as a child, but it definitely was in my family. Um, and, and there are still uncles in my family who I wouldn't put past them that and I don't let my child anywhere near these uncles these great uncles that I have. And um, so I remember her at the end of that episode, she was just her face. And I remember her saying, no child should ever be treated this way. And I was like, what the fuck? Really? Like, and I know it sounds so like crazy now. It sounds uh, like I, you know, like, of course, children should be treated this way. But, you know, when you grow up poor and you grow up in the barrio and you grow up with everybody's treated this way, everybody has a very similar experience to yours. You don't know that there's another person. There's another way to do life. You think every and then we didn't have social media back then either. Right. And so you saw shit like the Cosby show or you saw you saw shows like the Wonder Years and you're like, oh, that that's a possibility of someone else's life, but not us. Right. Because we're poor and we're Mexican. And so I when she said that, I was like. I really I remember that day looking at her and believing her, like believing that children should not be mistreated that they should be loved, they shouldn't be hit, they shouldn't be sexually abused. It was like news to me. And it was in that moment that, and I, I was like 12 or 13, it was in that moment that I said to myself, I'm going to change my life. I just have to survive this environment, this home. I just have to survive. And the moment I can leave home, I 
fucking will. And I'm going to change. I'm not going to be like my mom. I'm going to be different. And I'm going to make, I'm going to, before I have any kids and before I decide, I mean, like, I'm going to make it so that my life is different. And then I survived my environment. And I left home, and I've shared my leaving home story, um, but I left my sister behind. And that was a really, really difficult thing for me because she was 11 at the time when I left home. And I parent her, parented her in a lot of ways, and I protected her in a lot of ways. And so, but I had to leave home because I was at a breaking point. I would say I would, e I would even say that I was possibly suicidal. I definitely in junior high, I was suicidal. Um, it gotten progressively better, uh, be but I still struggled with depression. I still, I got even a bipolar dis um, disorder uh, diagnosis in my early twenties. And um, so when I left home, I knew what my issues were. I had read a million books. I'm like, this is because my mom and, and these are the abandonment issues I have. And these are the trust issues I have. And these are, but guess what? I didn't fucking magically change. Like just because I got out of the environment and just because I knew all of this shit that I had read in all the books, right? The self-help books. I started going to therapy at um, the, the university I was going to. And I was like, well, why the hell do I still feel like shit? Like, why am I still in this place of self-defeating thoughts, right? Um, feel, waiting for the other shoe to drop. So good shit would happen in my life. Things are going great. I got a job. and But I lived in this place where I was like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like, better be happy right now, Isela, because, you know, pretty soon some shit's going to come down and your life is going to crumble again. Like, I lived like that. And so I knew but I didn't know how to create the shift and to change so that I felt better and that my day-to-day -day experiences didn't continue to align with what I experienced as a child. So there's my story. So, so what I heard was, right? So what I heard is that you read all this stuff, right? You read this shit. Right. And just by reading it, nothing changed. Yeah. Like, it, it wasn't magic. Like you didn't read the words and then overnight it just fucking changed. Right. 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 Like, like you downloaded a new app for X, Y, Z. Right. But now wait, what do I do? Where do I go from here? Right. Yeah. So then where did you realize, like, where, where, what was the moment? Like, what, what was the thought process when you read all this shit and you understood what was the next step? Right. After realizing that you read the shit and nothing was changing, what was the next thought in your brain? Did you want to say, fuck this, this is stupid. or I actually remember that moment too, interestingly enough. Um, another person on Oprah, because <laughs> I was like, God damn it, she is the way to the, she's the way to the light. <laughs> because at the time she was the only one talking about this stuff, you know? And I, I her name was Sarah. I, I don't remember, I remember her book. It was a pink book, but I don't remember the name of it, but it was a day-to-day -day book where you read like, some affirmations. And then there was like some journal prompts, some questions. And I was like, hell or high water, I'm going to fucking do this. And so what I started to do is work through that book. But then I did a gratitude journal. See, I was in the habit of, I think a lot of us are, that we're in the habit of looking at the glass half empty. We get in the habit of looking at shit like 
oh man, yeah, I ain't got no kind of money. I'm broke, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, and when money comes, it's like we get excited. It's, this is an old pattern. It's a pattern of poverty. We get excited and like all the shit that we felt deprived by, we go and we spend it on Monday. We got paid on Friday and then we ain't got no more money till Friday or the next Friday, right? So it's this cycle of poverty. And so we, we have this lens that we look at things like, half empty, not that great. Oh, wait till some bad, more bad shit happens. Like we can't really experience joy. And that's the thing that I think a lot of people talk about, um, you know, oh, I'm depressed or I don't feel good or I don't feel, but we also don't talk about the other side of this where we don't know how to experience joy and we're afraid joy is going to be ripped from us. And so for me, this idea of like looking for the positive experiences of my life, of looking at the things I'm grateful for. And so this was on that particular show. And so I went and got a pretty journal from the store and it, I dedicated myself to writing three to five things every single day um, that I was grateful for. And I have to tell you, there were days where sometimes it was really like I, I took, I can, I can breathe today. I have AC in my house, you know, I had food to eat today because I didn't feel good, but I forced myself to find the small things that I could truly with my whole heart appreciate that practiced, that practice changed my life. Now that's not to say that I didn't do therapy and I didn't work through the hard shit. That was sort of the shadows, right? That kept me from experiencing uh, joy, peace, and love, and all those things. But just shifting and being grateful changed my entire experience of life. So that thing, right? Um, understanding what gratitude could do, right? But not just understanding it. You actually bought a pretty book. Right. Right. And you actually physically wrote shit in it. Right. Every day. <laughs> Every day, yeah. Right. And and even if you weren't feeling well, right? Even if you didn't feel good, you had a shitty day, you found something right. to be grateful for because there is things that are grateful. You could be grateful for every day, right? Like people take for granted, like I could go like this. Like without pain. And just mother lovers, they can't even take that breath without like having a, a disc slip. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah. Or having like their head hurt or some shit like that. Right. And that's that really cool because that reminds me of like my my uh, something that's happened to me of the recent past. Right. Um, wanting to have emotional intelligence. Right. Wondering why my relationships sucked so much. Right. What relationships were you thinking about when you thought uh, about I'm that? thinking of um, romantic relationships. Okay. Right. Like, okay. why do I always attract the hoe bags? Right. Or why do I always <laughs> <laughs> no offense to the hoe bags out there. We love you, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There, there's right. a reason why you're that way. Right. Um, right. And you can turn a hoe into a housewife nowadays. I believe it. Trust me. And that doesn't mean I want one, but I'm just saying it's possible. <laughs> no offense. Right. I tell you guys got to get paid. So anyhow, like really like it's either they want super a lot from me that I'm not willing to give. Right. Or they're not willing to give enough. Right. It's like this game back and forth. And I think it came down to, for me, not actually knowing what I want. Right. Not in a really relationship or in a, in a, 
in a, a romantic in romantic relationships, uh, right? In a romantic relationship. In a romantic relationship, or if there if it was even supposed to be romantic, it was just a relationship, right? We're banging and we're hanging out, right? right? Not being specific, right? Um, but really starting to understand, right? Like I've read, I, I started reading books, right? Um, don't take things personally, right? Um, the four agreements, right? Don't take things right. personally. Um, always do your best, right? Yep. Um, be impeccable with your word, right? The love, five love languages, right? Understanding that, hey, people like um, gifts. Some people like words of affirmation. Some people like physical touch. Some people like um, time together, right? right? And reading all this shit, right? And I, and I understand this in a bit, in a way, right? However, not utilizing it, not putting it into practice, right? Like not showing up as the change I would like to see in my partners. Right. Like I, I, I understood this shit, right? But the last relationship that I had, right? I was growing on all levels, right? However, when it came to that relationship and it came to making that, that shift, Right. When it came to seeing her. Right. She wanted to be seen. She wanted to be heard. She wanted me to be on her side. Right. But something inside me was resistant to it. Like I understood what she wanted, but I was like, oh, my goodness, Mark, right there. Let's stop right there, because (laughs) this is what happens. So we have um, like the knowledge that you're receiving. And I'm going to give a little get a little sciency here. But the knowledge that you're obtaining actually is in what's called your prefrontal cortex. It's the front part of your brain. That's the higher level rationale and reasoning and the things that I think separate us from some animals. You know, like we can think about something that happened in the past, make sense of it, right? But where you were triggered by or where that emotional state came from is called the limbic system. And that's the center of your brain. So what's interesting is intellectually you knew intellectually you knew what she needed intellectually you knew what you probably should be doing (laughs) but the resistance internally resistance resisting made it difficult for you to get in that alignment and the way that I describe this to folks it's like you have that the the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other shoulder. So the angel is like, remember on four agreements, you know, blah, 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 blah. Or you know what she needs is da, 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 da. But the angel is like, oh, hell, I, I, that don't feel right. <laughs> that don't, that's uncomfortable. I don't want to do it. Right. Yes. You know, it is an uncomfortable, it is uncomfortable. Yeah. Right. Do things right. Like I, I, I was really into her. Right. Like, and in the beginning I was like, no expectations, right? But then on the inside, because I'm an inside person and I don't share out enough, different feelings were brewing inside, but I wasn't speaking it out. Positive or negative feelings? Positive feelings. Okay, positive right? feelings. So you were you were getting feels, right? I was getting this feels, right? You were feeling, oh my gosh. And I, she was like, no, Mark, what's going on? Like the devil, right? That, that <laughs> right. little up weird. It's like, right. don't do that. You know what happens when you do that, right? Protect yourself. Protect yourself, right? I protect myself from why I got fucking hurt anyways, <laughs> right. right? But- when I'm when I'm in that position, right? When I'm in there, and I know, right? Uh, and 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 I still having that resistance, but I'm shy and I'm scared to say something. But I do. I have the knowledge, yeah. and it, it was it, it started to come out after it was almost ready too late. Uh, you know those processes where it's yeah. too late. It's like shit, here we are again. But this time was real, right? So instead this time, right? So instead, because a lot of the time, so I, I, I caught it and it was late, right? It was late for saving the relationship, let's say, right? Um, and because she was great. She was awesome. And all these things were, it, it could have worked out, right? But one, I was scared. Two, I didn't really didn't know what 
that I wanted. And three, I should have just fucking spoke up, right? Little pussy. Why don't you say some, say some shit, man? Be a man, right? But I, I was scared of that. However, rebounding from that, right? Typically, right? I would go out, have some alcohol, but like all oh, these women are the same, right? Blah, blah, blah. Um, drink. And then replace her with like five other ones that week, right? Mm. Replace them five other ones because I just could, and that's just the way I, I could do that, right? That's that's an old pro, um, that's an old programming. However, I didn't go and drink alcohol, right? I didn't go and um, find a bunch of other hoochie mamas that were willing to just do whatever just for fun, right? What I actually did this time was find somebody to actually have these conversations with. Right. And this is just opening up to a friend. Right. Because I wouldn't even open up to my friends about this stuff because it's like emotional stuff. This is like stuff that like really comes from your heart and you're really talking about it. And you could be like people make fun of you for this type of stuff. Right. Growing up, this is what you get. You'd get fun of for being mushy. You'd get made fun of for being emotional. You get made fun of for being vulnerable. Right. So fortunately, this time I thought to myself, OK, I asked for emotional intelligence. Right. The universe set this woman into my life and then she crushed my heart. Right. <laughs> ripped it out. Right. Because I let her, I allowed her to. Right. But this time I was able to process the information in a different way by opening up to friends. Right. Had a support system that was there to listen. Right. Mm -hmm. However, just because you got a support system that's there, people always say that they're there. I still had to go through the process of sharing my vulnerabilities. Yeah, I think even becoming aware of your vulnerabilities, because what you <clears throat> what you shared as you're telling the story, you said that in your past programming, basically your default is to, you know, some shit goes down with the girl that you had some feelings for. You go out and you find others to, and basically you're desensitizing yourself. You're disconnecting from the emotional state by replacing it with whether it's sex or it's going out and hanging out or whatever it is, you're, you're buffering so that you are not feeling the hurt, right? The vulnerability. And so yeah. you became aware before you did that and you were like whoa you know i i'm i'm feeling what i'm feeling and i have to tell you that it i hope that in our conversations that if there's anyone listening anyone one person one person would be enough just um, one one person that would hear that what we do to little boys when they're little and men as they get older about um shaming emotions and vulnerabilities and and because as a woman um as a cisgendered heterosexual female i want my husband to be emotional i want him to say what he thinks and feels i want to see that side of him and so we do this to our boys they become men who are disconnected from the emotional state and then us women are over here like why the fuck can't you just tell me how you feel <laughs> <laughs> like, just tell me, right? So you got in touch with that part within yourself. And then there's the fear now, right? You find someone to talk to, but there's that undercurrent still of that fear of the possibility of someone looking down and on you as some weak ass man instead of, you know, a man, you know, that who can, you know, pull his shit together and just get over it. And and then you processed this out. And I think that piece right there is the beginning of this is what I know and I I'm attempting to make a change within myself 
based on what I know. And then what happened next after you reached out to people or to a person, it could be one person or people, what happened next for you? Um, I was actually able to, to talk about it. It was still uncomfortable, right? right. You know what I mean? And, and I could feel all those emotions coming up and, and it was very tearfully, right? So I don't know if it was because of my ego taking a blow when somebody left me for that power control, right? Like how dare you leave me, even though I didn't want to be in this situation, or if it was because all these emotions from the years were lifted off my shoulders, right? It was like a release, right? Because there were tears. Like, you know that? I, I was ugly crying. Like, uh, yeah. This conversation with my friends in front of me, we're in a public place and I just can't stop, right? And in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Get your <laughs> together, right? Right. Uh, but, but the other one's like, it's okay, right? The other one over here is like, it's okay. Let it out. This is what you wanted for. This is what you asked for. This one was like, well, is it everything that you wanted? <laughs> is right. this what you like? You want to be a little girl? Is this what you think? Well, people are going to think, you know what I mean? So it was having that internal battle. But through the process of sharing, right? The next step was, well, it felt like, oh, wow, I could talk about this, right? And have the support there from somebody. And then, and then it allowed me to open up and have more conversations in a group of people, right? I felt like I was an AA, but for like broken hearts, right? right. Like in the- <laughs> You know, and I and I think about all those other times that what my heart did get stepped on inadvertently, right? Like on accident, because I didn't want to speak up and say that I was more invested than I actually was, right? Because for me, you don't do that. You just say, okay, whatever. Yeah, they come a dime a dozen because they were, right? And you said I was buffering, right? I wouldn't allow myself to feel. Yeah. But through this process, right, I went from knowing because I've been doing a lot of self-development work. I was reading a lot of books, right? Doing Interesting thing, right? She was doing this quest called conscious uncoupling, right? <laughs> so she was doing this oh, wow. quest, right? As we were, we were long side by side. Um, the reason why she started doing that quest was another reason. And I won't, I won't bust those people out right here, right? <laughs> but she was doing that. But in back of my mind, I didn't think she was going to conscious uncouple me, right? I didn't realize that she was separating herself from me at the moment. But now that I could reverse engineer my life and see, I was like, wow, it was clear as day, right? It was clear as day when she was asking me questions, right? Because she would ask me a lot of questions, right? She would do crazy things like make me feel uncomfortable just by admiring me, by looking at me like, oh, right? And then she would ask meaningful questions and I would get annoyed by these meaningful questions. I'm like, why are you asking me any questions, right? But it's because she was trying to connect with me, right? right? Now that I could see that now, all I had to do was answer the powerful question that she was asking because through asking that powerful question, she wasn't being nosy. She was trying to get to know me. Yeah. Right. And so this is how I see it now. Even though I wasn't able to exercise those books while I was going through it, it's still possible to exercise those trainings outside of the relationship, right? Mm-hmm. To practice before you get in there by sharing with a friend, right? Because we got a lot of friends that we say we share everything with, but we really don't, right? right. Like I got brothers that I just don't share this type of shit with. Like we love each other, but we just don't have these conversations. Right. Right. And so if I was able to share that stuff with somebody outside, right, that wouldn't be biased, right, and then share within a group, and then I go back and reverse engineer and be like, holy shit, it wasn't, it, 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 it takes two, right? And it was my um, unwillingness to be vulnerable that put me in that position, yeah. right? And I chose to break the cycle this time, right? Yeah, and I think that part, that's the part that, 
is the discomfort. Um, Oh, yes. Because we go back to what's familiar. That's the way the brain is designed. The brain is designed to protect the patterns of behavior that you have practiced for many, many years. And when 90% of our brain is developed by the age of five, a lot of our lenses, our perspectives, our ideologies, our beliefs are, are actually already created in terms of those foundations when we're very young. And so those of us who did not see healthy relationships, those of us who did not see people like have an argument where somebody wasn't being attacked um, or withheld, like withholding love as a way to punish the other person uh, in terms of being resentful and resentful for many, many years. Um, it's, it's what I grew up with, is watching that resentment cycle happen over and over and over again. So when we don't have good models for relationships, we really are working against the, our natural inclination to protect ourselves. And so that vulnerability piece of allowing yourself to lean into it, to ugly cry, <laughs> right? To have that emotional experience. So I want to kind of, I want to step out of that for a minute and look at it from a universe perspective, because there's two levels in the way that I make sense of this uh, earthly experience. The first level is the physical form. It's the emotions that we we are moving through, experiencing, um, figuring out. It's the dynamics within relationships, our partnerships, our friendships, and what that does in terms of our healing, growth, and development. And then there's the level of our deepest soul of who we are. And at that level, we're perfect. At that level, we are in the collective oneness. Now, at the level of form, that's what we're talking about right now. But at the deepest level, the highest level of awareness, this person came into your life at a time when you were really starting to become self-reflective, really starting to read books and try to figure out how to be in relationships because, you know, you read The Four Agreements, which I think is, I think it's one of the critical, critical books of, of, I mean, if you just did that in relationships, that would heal so many problems within relationships. Um, you talked about um, love languages. And so you were in the process, right? And then she shows up. She shows up and rocks your internal world. And with those two things aligning, even though it didn't work out, it was an opportunity at that deepest level, at the soul level, that the universe conspired for you for you, and I know it sucks, but to, you know, come crumbling down emotionally, to get cracked open, basically, and to look at this as an opportunity for learning, an opportunity for healing and moving. Now, you always have a choice. That's the beautiful thing about this free will, right? You have a choice. You could have clammed up. You could have been like, fuck that. This is why I don't have any feelings about anybody. This is why I protect myself. Or you can choose to go, ah, I can see. I can see how this was an important part of my growth and learning. And what has that done for you now, Mark, in terms of relationships? What it's done for me now, right, is um, I, I think I haven't had another relationship since then. Right? How long I've, ago was that? This was already maybe a year ago already. Okay. 20, where are we at? 2022? 
So at the end of, I think at the end of 2020, right? So I went a whole year basically, right? Um, However, I've gotten more clear, right? Because as I, as I get more, as I'm getting more clear, this helped me get clear, right? Being cracked open, right? Get an opportunity to, to, to you be careful what you ask for because the universe will give it to you. God will give it to you, right? And it's not always in the prettiest form, right? right. But in order to see the gift, you have to be open to it, right? So being cracked open, right? On a, on a higher level, right? We came together so she could do that shit to me, right? <laughs> <laughs> as he makes the stabbing <laughs> motion for those of you who are listening <laughs> that's basically what you said though right it's right. like we together so she could like kick me while i was down right but right. i wasn't building down right and i could be cracked open i could be crumbling to my knees right but we all know just like the seasons right with death with with destruction comes rebirth comes rebuilding comes an opportunity to reconstruct something even more magnificent Right. right? It, it was the crumbling of an old system that she helped throw the gear. She helped throw the wrench into the gears. Right. So that's allowed me to reflect. That's allowed me to get a little more serious about what it is I want in life. Right. That helped me put into perspective other things in my life that might need to be cracked open. Right. So let's just say, for instance, um, I wanted to be more emotionally intelligent. I want to be open up. I want to be more vulnerable. Well, it can, it doesn't just have to be in romantic relationships. Now I'm more vulnerable. Look at them. I'm fucking on TV right now or on <laughs> YouTube or on Pandora, whatever you're listening or watching this on. Like here I am being vulnerable, sharing this with the world. And like, I'm not, I, okay. I am a little scared, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing it right. I'm taking what I've learned. And I'm applying it here. Right. Right. So that opened me up. I was thinking about this the other day. That's why I brought this up. Right. Because I was sitting in the bathtub. Right. That's where I do a lot of my thinking. Right. A lot of my amazing ideas. A lot of my aha moments. Right. Heather and her aha moments. Find her on YouTube. She's amazing. Right. Um, but I was sitting in the, to- in the toilet. I was sitting in the bathtub. <laughs> Can you imagine me sitting in the toilet? That'd be hella funny. Um, <laughs> I was sitting in the bathtub. I'm sitting in the bathtub. Right. And I get this moment. I stick to myself. Wow. I just did a live interview for Mind Valley Heroes. Right. I have a podcast with the amazing Dr. Isela Garcia. I'm creating a business. I'm doing a lot of music. Right. Where would that relationship be right now if I didn't have time to nurture it? Mm-hmm. Right. It's like, is that what I really wanted? Or is the type of person that this person was, would she have been the type to like understand where I'm going? Right. And would she have wanted to come with me or would it have made her feel insignificant and wanted more of my time? You see what I'm saying? Investment. And I sat there and I thought to myself, wow, hold on. Where else in my life can I utilize what I've learned? So I've learned a lot about scheduling. Right. I hear it all the time. People say it's not in your schedule. It's not in your calendar. It didn't happen. If you don't track this, it doesn't happen. But I like to fly by the edge of my seats. I'm just a more of a spontaneous person. I guess that's just a way of me saying I'm too lazy to use a calendar. Right. People say, oh, I'm just spontaneous. And I'm just like, I just fly out the edge of my seat. Right. OK, how's that? Hap- how's that working out for you? Right. Um, but I wanted to change in that life. And when I was sitting in, in, in the tub having that moment, I thought to myself, holy smokes. How can I utilize similar ideology, right? However, in a different realm, which is scheduling. And then I came up with this, right? I thought to myself, if I want to be a little more productive, I might want to put together, right, the tools that I've learned and actually bring it into this realm for me, right? However, going through that experience of being cracked open emotionally led to that, Hmm. (laughs) 
what are the chances, right? Like, Well, that's what I'm saying. I don't think that anything happens by accident. I think that I'm, I'm a really strong believer in this. I really believe that you and this person were contracted on what you had a sacred contract to come together in one another's life. And, and it wasn't a forever deal. A lot of our relationships are not forever deals. They're like chapters in our book. That's all it is. It's one little chapter. Or a and sentence. Is, yeah, seriously. And so somebody, you know, she came into your life. You had a relationship with the intended purpose to learn. Now, how and what that plays out, how that plays out in the details of that, that's where free will comes into play, right? It could be positive. It could be negative. It could be all of these things. Um, but And that's our choice. But in, in terms of the larger scheme of things, it was intended that the both of you had the opportunity to learn from one another. But whether you take that opportunity and actually utilize whatever came from that. And for you, it was, I think it was a life-changing experience. It was in that, I need to pull my shit together. Like I really need to get in a place in my life. And I think was your your weight loss, like you taking care of your health happened before that, right? Oh yeah, way before. Way before that. So you had, I think, that wave, right? Of like, you know, self-care and and doing what's best for you. And then and then you probably were like, hell, I'm good now. <laughs> I'm all good now. And then now here's another opportunity where you realize, oh shit, there's something else. And I call this the unlayering of the on onion. You know, the outer parts of the onion, we those are the things that are really simple for us to see as issues. And concerns. So we get rid of that layer that of the onion and then holy shit, something else comes up and you're like, oh man, I wasn't ready for that. Or I knew it was there, but I just pretended that it wasn't. And so that's, I think what happened with this relationship you had, it was that next layer that once you peeled that back, it, un, it, it revealed the other things that are getting, getting in the way of you feeling more successful at life, right? Yeah. So basically what you're saying, she was contracted to shed light on shit that was buried for a long time. Yeah. And and I think you, you for her. And, you know, vice, and vice versa, right? Yeah. When you use the word contract, it's kind of scary. It's like, wait, was she contracted to try, like, try to come and Take kill you me? Take you out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because like, was she really trying to kill me with heartbreak? Is that <laughs> Does that mean that I might have made this deal with another being on another planet? And hey, if she doesn't get you, I'm going to go get you. Because right. <laughs> right? like, we make these things together. It's like, wow. You know what I mean? It's like, we bedded in like heaven somewhere. Like, yeah. what are you going to do? What, which way are you going to go? Which way are you going to go? But you're right. I had opportunity to go revert to yeah. the, 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 I kind of, I don't like to use the word default setting, but the default setting of how I was programmed yeah. as a child. That's right? what it is. Yeah. Um, but here I am having this conversation with a smile on my face. Right. And, 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 and you can still tell because, um, this person, I still care deeply about her. Right. It, it, it's a love that you have for people. Right. Right. But it's not like that obsessive, crazy biatch. You did this to me type craziness. Right. It's just like, Oh, I remember that. And I can look back and I can smile at it now. Right. Because when it was happening in the moment, it wasn't like that. But at the same time, I don't remember having any ill will towards anybody right because in right. the past i've had i'm like man i'm gonna get my cousin she's gonna beat your ass right, right. <laughs> like or i'm gonna go I find think, your new boyfriend i'm gonna fuck him up right i think that's but, the old pattern 
That's yeah. the whole pattern that we go into. Like, you fuck me up. I'm going to forever hate you. My whole family going to hate you. Everybody, right? <laughs> like, they, I don't, and being a part of the family, yeah. I, mean, I don't even know you, but I, I don't like you because you fuck with my cousin, right? Yeah. It's like, we have that mentality. That's the whole old, yeah. that's the old pattern of behavior that many of us have been in. Yeah. And it's really cool. Like I say, once again, and that, that's a perfect, I, I didn't even, when we, when we started talking about this, I didn't know that was going to come up. Right. But <laughs> this is, this is how it flows because once again, like I have these books, I don't even know what's right here on my shelf. Um, but to think about, um, to, to, well, check it out. Here's one book that helped me out. Um, that shadow work, right. Um, Debbie oh, Ford. Debbie right. Ford, you have to, because some of us, we have listeners, but not viewers. So um, Debbie Ford's Shadow Work. Yes. Um, Debbie Ford is well recognized. She's since passed, but she is very well recognized for all of her work in shadow work. And if you're not familiar with her work, please take a look at it because it's still new. I mean, it's still relevant. Yes, very. And that's what really, you coincidentally, right? Okay, synchronistically. People believe in coincidences, I don't. So synchronistically, I started this shadow integration class, right? And I wanted emotional intelligence, right? So right when I was getting ready to start this class, right? It's been going on for a whole year, by the way, right? It's been full for a whole year, kind of crazy, blows my mind, is when this separation happened. Mm. Now, that's not an accident, is it? Right. Oh, you want to learn? Oh, you want to be on a fast track? Well, check this out. How can you go into this class, right? Facilitate it, lead it, and let me give you some real life shit to work through while you're at it. Here you go. You think you're a badass? Let's go. Let's see what happens. Oh my gosh. I just, it's, you can't make this shit up, right? You You know, I don't know if you know how much you know about Debbie Ford, but when she got cancer, so she had been teaching for a very long time around shadow work. She even had, there's like a movie that she did with Deepak Chopra. She did with, I think, Louise Hay. I mean, it was a big, like a lot of the uh, teachers of uh, spiritual development and healing. And um, so she did all of this preaching, right? And this teaching and this writing of books and getting information out. And then she got cancer. And her entire perspective, her entire belief system shattered. And she went back to old patterns of behavior. And she was very, very ill. She did an interview. And I think maybe, I don't remember who who she was interviewing with, but she was very vulnerable in saying that it was like the universe gave her this final lesson to learn because she had intellectually understood the concept of shadows and integration of shadows. And, you know, especially if we experience trauma and how we separate ourselves out, like, you know, it's like she, she knew it, but when it came down to a really tragic experience in her life and she was dying, she knew she was in stage four, she was dying she went back to what of the she went back to those old patterns of behavior and she had to really work at integrating her her the belief system that she had put out there for 20 30 years 40 years because she hadn't completely wrapped her entire heart and soul around it she was simply teaching it isn't that fascinating that is fascinating. That reminds me of something that's so simple that we grow up hearing, all right? And this is it. 
If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all, right? We all know that. We've all heard that phrase, right? But utilizing it, like actually putting it into play, because we know it's like reading a book. You've heard it all the time. And we know deep down inside that when we make somebody feel bad, right? We might feel good in the moment, but later on, we regret saying some shit sometimes, right? It's like, why was I being a douchebag to that person? Every time I have said something bad to somebody, but I think about that, it's like, wait a minute, here's a perfect opportunity, right? To actually take what we've learned, what we've all grown to learn, because we've all heard those words, right? And actually utilizing it the next time somebody pisses you off, right? Because I work in the hospitality industry also, right? So people say shit to me all the time. However, now, because I took the knowledge that I know, about what it is through shadow integration, right? A lot of the times when somebody says something mean to me, right? It's not me. I don't take it personally, right? The four agreements, right? I realize if I'm being triggered and I want to react to that, it's not them that I'm reacting to. It's something right. inside of me that I do not like, right? And, and and knowing that and utilizing are two different things, right? Knowing it and utilizing it. So now when somebody says something to me that's a little bit shitty, Right. Uh, even though I get, I might be upset inside at times. I take time to to to, to float out, right? And what do you call it? To to observe the situation happening, right? Where am I feeling it in my body, right? right? Remember, wait a minute. I'm not taking this personally. This is something to do with him inside, and I'm being triggered because there might be something inside that I have to visit later and integrate or clear out, right? Then I get back in and I respond with kindness, and not that shitty grin on my face kindness right because we know how we do that too right what do you call that passive aggressive uh, behavior passive aggressive behavior <laughs> yeah right and yeah. i and i know how to do that i'm a professional at it it's like another default right i just know how to just like you know what i mean but now applying the knowledge that i know in something so simple that we hear every single day so the next time somebody pisses you off guys realize that you're giving away your power to somebody. You think you're being powerful by reacting and attacking that person. Actually, they're taking your power away from you because you're easily being manipulated, Yeah. right? And you might make them look stupid. You might have the best comeback, but in all reality, you're losing that battle on the inside. Yeah, absolutely. And I think this practice is... This practice, what you described, um, it's like in the moment you want to react. And when we react, that's an emotional, um, it's, it comes from an emotional trigger when we want to react. And then you talked about sort of pulling out and being the observer. That's where the um, awareness of self comes into play. Only time I ever pull out. Um, what was that? <laughs> you don't ever pull out. <laughs> <laughs> no, that be stupid. <laughs> to throw that in there. <laughs> so um, I think then what happens is that awareness piece, I was just triggered, right? I was just triggered or something within me has stirred. And this, what this person did and said is a reminder to me of something else within me or that has happened in my world, that has happened to me as a child or for me as a child, or it reminds me of another incident. This person, and what I say to myself is the universe sent this person to help me make sense of that within myself. So I see that person more as a gift. Even though like, right, you're, you're like, your inclination is like, fuck you, fuck you, asshole, right? <laughs> but if you step back and you're like, oh, so I needed to work on, I needed to work on saying something in a way that is assertive, but not hurtful. And so I get to practice that with this individual. 
and um and 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 then re- and then responding so responding and reacting is an emotional trigger responding is it goes through what the prefrontal cortex it goes through that part of our brain where we're able to rationally make a decision and to be able to say something um usually with enough practice in a way that's respectfully responsive to that individual but at the same time saying what you need to say and and that takes skill that's that emotional intelligence you talk, you talk about it's the skill of being able to say something assertively not take it personal and not attack to to keep everyone's i i think just to make sure that you're still being respectful right but at the same time i need to let you know where my boundaries are and so that takes practice practice and practice and practice and practice people all this stuff it it's a practice right, right. and it, it never you just never it's never perfected either, right? You might get really great at it, but there's going to be opportunities that are arise that say, okay, let's see how great you are at it. Yeah. Right. And there's going to be days where you're not 150%, right? You're like 80. Imagine trying to practice this while you're sick, right? You might be a little more irritable or if you didn't get enough sleep, yeah. right? Or you have enough water, you're dehydrated or it's 180 degrees outside, like here in Arizona, right? And you're from like Washington state, like my mom and you come here and the sun just pisses you off. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. out every day. Well, it's fucking pissing me off right now. Okay. It's like, wow, my bad. Jeez. You know, but it, it, it is these things, these are practice. How are we doing on time? Cause I don't even know my our schedules are kind of crazy today. I think, I think it's time to kind of close up. So what's your, what's your final word? What, what, what do you hope that folks walk away with? What, what I like people to walk away with, right, is knowing, right, understanding, right, are cool and awesome, right? But knowing what to do with what you know is the next step, right? It's like, okay, you got five steps, right? Or what is the four agreements, right? What, what, what is, what is um, don't take things personally mean, right? And then going out there and trying to practice it, right? So the next time somebody says something to you, realize, wait a minute, this is an opportunity that I have to say, wait a minute, don't take this personally. This person is not pissed off at me. Maybe this person is pissed off at their mom. Maybe maybe somebody pissed in their Cheerios, right? Or maybe their dog died. I don't know why they're snapping at me, right? So it's taking the information that you learn in books, taking information that you've seen on reality TV, taking information that you learned on the internet, whatever it is, right? And then try to put it into practical use. Right. Right. You can't just buy a bike and just look at it and pretend to ride it around. You experience it by jumping on that motherfucker. Right. right? And pedaling around. Right. So that's what I would like people to take away from this is actually putting to use what they're learning. Right. Mm-hmm. Taking those teachings and going out into the world and utilizing it. And I'm going to use that same analogy with the bike because I think it's an important, I think it's an easy one to understand. And a lot of us can relate to you're going to fall sometimes. And it, and, and I think that if you're an all or nothing thinker, and I think a lot of us people of color, it's like, we sometimes are afraid to take risks because we're afraid we're not, if we're not perfect, we're not willing to take the risk. We don't want to look stupid. We don't want to look vulnerable. We don't look like we don't want to fail. Right. But there really is no failure. Even when you fall off the bike and you skid, you know, you skim your, your, your knee, you, um, you know, you break your arm, you still 
can get on that bike and continue to ride that bike. So there is no real failure every time you fall. It's the opportunity for you to figure out what just happened there and how can I make sure that I'm safer next time? How can I make sure that I approach this differently next time? How can I make sure that I, um, or what can I try next time? And so I think that when we can start to shift our perspective and really look at things as a possibility and an opportunity, your whole experience of life can really change. And so I think with that, we'd like to say thank you. Do you have anything final to say, Mark? Yeah, thank you guys very much for rocking with us and just coming on and um, really supporting Brown and Spiritual AF, even though you don't have to be brown in order to get <laughs> right. information out. And I just like to say, um, I do have a lot more uh, interesting things coming up in my life, people. Music, right? You can find me at Darko underscore magazine on Instagram. A lot more content is going to be coming there, right? Once again, you can find me on Mark underscore my underscore magnificence and also at light brations all on Instagram where I'm going to be the most active people. So a lot of amazing things coming forward to you and Missy Sella, how can they find and contact you? JustySellaGarcia.com. I am on social media. Um, and I do live mini readings with my cousin every Wednesday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. So if you ever want a mini reading um, live on Facebook, look us up at Embracing Souls Journey. All the information will be at um, will be included in this podcast. So you'll be able to just click and like our pages. Um, find us, reach out to us. We really love connecting with folks. you really are